Welcome into another Hoops post-game show here on 93.7 The Ticket. We are happy to be with you uh, because we get to celebrate a victory. And uh, you know what? After the football team's lost a few games, it makes <laughs> you feel pretty good just to say that. Obviously, tonight's uh, also big return for Kase Tamanaga. Um, you started to see kind of the vision of Fred Hoiberg and this team and the competition mm-hmm. it's going to take to get even minutes on this team. It looks exciting. Um, obviously, the big story here as far as in-game um, is going to be Nebraska's second part of the second half absolutely shutting down uh, Ryder, who was the game, you know, best competition Nebraska's played so far. I understand mm-hmm. they don't pop off. They don't, you know, they don't belong with the North Carolinas and the Dukes of the world, but it is a pretty good opportunity for Nebraska to kind of test their will today. They came out uh, the victor. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Harrison Arns. We'll be joined by Austin Orman later uh, in the show. Uh, but uh, man, I'll, I'll start with this. Feels good to have Casey back. He, he had, a, <laughs> had a, for a while. He was one of nine from beyond the arc. He came out, I think his first shot um, was forced, <laughs> and maybe a few more. And the first one he made was on a double bounce pass transition three. <laughs> so it was a little bit sloppy early on, uh, and that was only one he made for you know for a long period of time. One of nine from the arc. Then he hits two threes. It starts the 17 to nothing run that was impressive enough offensively with those threes and some of the other work that was done, but certainly defensively for nine minutes, shutting out anybody. I don't care who it is. That's rather impressive as well. Yeah. And that's the thing about Ryder too. We'll see what they look like down the stretch here. But I, what I was watching, I didn't see a team that looked bad. (laughs) It it looked like fair competition. And obviously Nebraska is going to play some steeper competition yet, uh, but it's definitely a good tune-up game, right? You you go from Florida A&M, obviously you have the dome preseason game and you're kind of working up into it. But now that was a game where I'll give them credit. One of the things I liked, Ryder was going to show them some things, which I'm sure they're going to say they're bringing a lot of full court pressure. Um, Those are things Nebraska hasn't seen yet. They handled it pretty well. We talked about it. You know, that's how Casey Tominaga kind of starts getting those transition threes. Wasn't hitting a lot of them tonight. Three for 13. But you get get an idea of what this offense can look like. One thing I do hope with Casey Tominaga, you know, if you're having those off shooting nights, they're still they're still going to respect him out to that three point line. You're seeing that, even though he was, you know, had that cold stretch there. Anytime he was open on that three point line, they're running out to him full closeout. And I think he'll work better getting into those assists, trying to make make plays off of those when they are just going all out, sell out on the three point shot. But as he comes around again, he's still getting his legs under him a little bit. I'm sure coming with the ankle injury. So I'm not too worried about that, but yeah, what a difference it makes. I mean, again, he he didn't have his best game, 3 for 13, but you can see what it does, right? It's another guy that they have to constantly worry about, uh, and it sets up nice plays for C.J. Welcher, where if he's going to go back door and make a nice move, you got all those eyes on Casey Tominaga. It's just going to open up that inside so much. So I'm excited to see, you know, I think he'll obviously improve his shooting as it goes on. He'll get closer to those last year's numbers. But it, it's still a good sign to see him out there, knock a few, and as electric as he is, it's just fun. When that guy yeah. makes a three-point shot, PBA just goes nuts every time. Yeah, it's it's going to be the year of Casey, and that's what I mean. It, the, the Husker basketball season basically officially started tonight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it really is, because when Casey made his uh, decision to come back to Nebraska, it was, it's, it's, it was like, okay, now there's expectations. Okay, 100%. now you have... Uh, a guy that can be an all-conference player that can lead you um, is one of the best shooters in the nation. And again, didn't necessarily show that tonight. Like you said, maybe first game jitters, or maybe mm-hmm. this is going to happen a little bit. Wasn't I? Wouldn't say I wouldn't say mid-season form, but I would say late-season form according to what <laughs> Kase did last year. But um, still, uh, that just that threat, and you can see some of the. I mean, he gets so much. 
uh, attention for his, his points and his three-point shooting and even his cuts. But, I mean, his passes are at times crisp. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some of those bounce passes off the pick and roll, you know, he's part of that connection with Derek Walker. We always kind of think we say that. Then we say, okay, yeah, because Walker's all, you're always thinking of Walker making the pass to cutting Tominaga. Tominaga can can hit a dime here and there too. So um, he's gonna obviously going to have to work on that, the ball handling thing. That's why this is kind of a story too is – what was going to be his role right. and who's going to be the point guard that kind of brings it up. And Jamarcus Lawrence ends up kind of being that guy, at least gets the first tryout. And it's a combination that uh, could work down the line for Nebraska. If you're looking for starters tonight, it was Jamarcus Lawrence, uh, Kese Tamanaga, Bryce Williams, Rink Mask, and Josiah Alec. Uh, we'll get to the, some of those other guys and, and how they played tonight. But uh, Jamarcus Lawrence on his uh, debut, I suppose, as a, a point guard, did not score, which is going to be kind of surprising um, because usually he is shooting up shots. He was mm-hmm. 0 for 5, 0 for 2, so not necessarily great uh, in that department. One turnover and, uh, what is it, two assists yep, on, two on assists, 13 total. Boards. So he didn't necessarily blow it out, but I, I think, I don't know, For to, to me tonight was kind of about a vision because when, when you can kind of see it start to clicking, it's like, okay, because I know what he looks like when he's playing a little bit better than tonight. And that's kind of how it was for a lot of these guys. Nobody had their necessarily best night. CJ Welter got his best night of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's and he's looking like, you know, if you can get that off the bench, that's huge. But what were your initial thoughts of Jamarcus Lawrence, the point guard with Kese Tamanaga in the starting lineup? Yeah, that's that's why I mentioned before, right? It was good to see a team pressure us, you know, because we're like, all right, who's our point guard? <laughs> we got to yeah. figure it out now because we're bringing full court pressure. Um, and he did fine. Again, if you're going to not make very many shots, it's wise to only take five, right? If it's not falling, I mean, he missed, he didn't get any points, obviously, going over five, but it's one of those things. He's playing within the system. I thought he handled the game well, didn't force anything, you know, when things weren't going his way. So for the most part, I think it'll still be a little bit of competition. It's not like he got the job by any means. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but again, you know, we might even still see Casey kind of bring that ball up on some off motion. I think it'll be a little bit of we might not necessarily have like the guy. Like, yes, we'll have our starters, but it might be just be by committee. Just looking at all the guards we have on the table. It might be one of those things where mismatch wise, like, yeah, here's our starting point guard. It's probably maybe Lawrence. But throughout the games, as it changes, we talk about this guard depth over and over again. It, this this lineup might not be set for a while, you know, in terms of at least the guards on, you know, who's getting the most minutes, like maybe starters, but in terms of the minutes fluctuating, I thought Lawrence was fine. You know, he did a good enough job offensively. We talked about it a little off for around the team, but they played that defense that was so great last year. I mean, that was huge for me seeing that defense, but I thought Lawrence was fine um, defensively could do a few things a little better, but for the most part, all around solid game, just offensively didn't really have much going for him. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't quite click. It wasn't anybody's best game overall. They shot uh, nine of 32 from beyond the arc and somewhat saved by CJ Welcher's three for five um, in doing so. And that's interesting in its own right. CJ Welcher had been starting. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that gets sent to the bench and then has a great game there. Um, it's, it's kind of in his role. I don't know. Like you said, it could be one thing where maybe if he keeps doing that, you just have Tominaga bring it up or, you know, pair him as bringing him up. I don't think CJ is necessarily that guy, but yeah, he's, no, I don't think um, do that. but, uh, you have Tominaga bring it up and have CJ kind of slide to the two that mm-hmm. role. Um, if he's going to be hitting like this, but at the same time, um, he's just an option off the bench. And that's why it's so exciting looking at this thing kind of playing out because you can envision, you know, CJ's more than just a three-point shooter now. So it's not, you no longer have to kind of do, well, let's see how his first four shots go and then we'll decide how many minutes he gets because he can he can kind of play into that. But on the bench, you're going to have those options, right? To kind mm-hmm. of see who's kind of playing well. Is it Eli Rice? Is it Sam Hoiberg? Is it 
Coleman, who didn't necessarily have a great night tonight, but again, not a bad night, kind of just kind of played within his role. Right. Um, or C.J. Wilcher, and you know Coleman's a score. He's coming in as a score. He can do it. C.J. Wilcher, we've seen over the years, and tonight can do it. Mm-hmm. Sam Hoiberg can have nights where he's catching fire. He led the team already in scoring. I mean, we're talking about the bench, and that's why I'm so excited about this team moving forward. Is it's just so deep that the competition, you know, sometimes it just gets so focused on who are we playing next and how are we going to move the chess pieces to kind of the competition is going to be live for like you're going to get minutes based on this night. It's not even going to be necessarily even matchup. Everybody's going to kind of get a look. <laughs> and if you are hitting and you are playing within the offense, well, it's going to be your night. Yeah. And that's the thing about CJ Wiltshire. That's exciting, right? Because last year, uh, as rough as it was at times to watch, you know, he, he finished the season shooting three point wise about 31%, a lot, you know, pretty far off from his 40% the year before. So you, you're looking at CJ Wiltshire where he had to take that year to kind of figure things out. When that three point shot wasn't falling, how do I stay on the floor? It was defense. It was cutting to the rim. Some of the things he showed today, you know, he had a nice move, pump fake three, go baseline, make a spin move, uh, and reverse on the backside before the help can even get over to him. So there's some things I think that he kind of learned last year that he'll carry into this season himself. And if he keeps knocking the three-point shot down, uh, I mean, he's just one of those guys where I think it's been a couple years in a row now. We look at C.J. Wiltshire as one of those momentum guys where it's like if we can get him going at his size on uh, kind of the build he's at he's already a mismatch for a lot of guards if he's shooting that three-point ball well you're gonna have to put a guard out on him or you know sacrifice one of your wings try to figure out how you're gonna slow him down and tonight's like tonight where he's shooting it well opens up the lane he's cutting to the lane it's gonna open up the assist numbers um, and then you pair that with a guy like rink mast he's he's been fun to watch for me yeah, yeah he's been different he is not a high riser but he knows how to certainly kind of cut and pivot around in the post what are your thoughts on rink mass you know he to me had another game where offensively wasn't necessarily a wow factor at times but in terms on the boards being able to get second chance points not only for himself but for the rest of the team uh again not a high riser just seems to be in the right place at the right time like iq wise rink mass has kind of been one of those guys that i'll be curious to see you know where his game goes this season because you know, he's picking up rebounds. He's the first player to get, you know, 2015. <laughs> yeah. to, what was it, 2000, I want to say, eight or even yeah, Alex March. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, scratch your head a little bit in the back of the memory for Nebraska basketball fans. But he's a guy that I'm not sure how many people were necessarily sure what to expect from him. But I think we're just seeing like a really high IQ player that athleticism-wise, there's going to be guys that beat him out. Um, in terms of shooting, the three-point shot, we'll see how that carries out. But it's kind of up and down right now. But in terms of just IQ, he seems to be doing all those right things, a little Derek Walker-esque, just without all the physicality, where he can't just bully people down the lane. But in terms of the passing, seeing the court, uh, taking a wild pass from Rice at one point and having the wherewithal to just calm down, collect it, pump fake, go around, get an easy two points. Uh, IQ-wise, I've been really impressed with Mass so far. Yeah, Mass is one of the reasons I think I'm most excited about this team. Like <laughs> yeah. you said, that 20 and 15, that's nothing to scoff at. No. Like I know Nebraska's not a basketball school, but Alex March was one heck of a player. And that's one heck of a stat line. And he 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 got a, quite a bit of double-doubles there mm-hmm. at Bradley. And obviously, you know, you can get the nights like tonight where it's 12 and 13, and that's nothing to scoff at either. But 20 and 15, obviously, is, is a different uh, category. I don't know if I would expect him to, to do that, but I do think <laughs> he could be a guy... That if if he's your leading scorer, if he's your leading player on the night, you're gonna win some ball games. Mm-hmm. Or he could be a guy that you know easily fights it, you know, slots into like, okay, he's gonna be your third leading scorer. But I think Nebraska, I don't, I just he's so consistent and, and just so such a steady presence um, that we've seen so far. And maybe that can change. But 
I don't really see him having an off night. I think he's going to be one of the more consistent players because his game, a lot of it, um, you know, there's going to be tough matchups in the Big Ten. Don't get me wrong that he's going to struggle. Um, that's a tradition also for Nebraska centers. Uh, but uh, but he's, he, he, I just think that, I, I think the world of him so far, and I also kind of, for fun, hope that uh, he stays the masked man. <laughs> because uh, masked man, masked Matt, uh, masked, which is tough to say. I'd have to get used yeah. to the nickname, but uh just because Jalen Brown did it last year and, you know, Rip Hamilton originally, uh, that could be some fun. Um, but I do, I mean, I'm really impressed with him just as uh, overall. And then the other thing is, and he didn't show it tonight, is that he can kind of shoot. So maybe mm-hmm. um, add a, a dimension that maybe Derek Walker didn't, um, though, you know, you don't necessarily have to replace a player, but especially his pairing with Josiah Alec, who's just a ball of energy uh, that's going to be tough, you know, to out-rebound and, and hustle. They make a very formidable uh, front court for Nebraska. Yeah, you get a. That's the thing about Josiah Alec. He is just physicality. He is a perfect player for the Big Ten. It's 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 kind of crazy to think about what this roster would actually look like without it. You know, I know we're not far in, but just kind of seeing his physicality, uh, especially when you know you're in the Big Ten, and that's going to be a large factor. How are you going to be able to be physical, kind of play against those bigger opponents? He's been one of those guys where on the boards, he's great to have. Uh, offensively, I still think. We haven't really seen all of his game. I think he's just kind of taken his you know, shots when they're available to him. Uh, but yeah, between him and Rink Mast, you're feeling pretty solid about the front court. And I know that was probably one of the bigger reasons for concern. I think losing Derek Walker, a lot of people were going to be curious to see, you know, what does that look like? You lose your massive point guard in Sam Griesel, who is also, you know, obviously not playing in the front court, uh, but still was a big enough inside yeah, big presence. Rebounder. Did a lot of oh, what yeah. Josiah Alec is doing, especially re- offensive rebounds. And now you slide Josiah Alec in there. Uh, you pair him up with Rink Mast, a great passer. And I'm just expecting to see more and more of that team chemistry. And then, you know, you hear it from Rice, you know, apparently this athletic freak uh, that, you know, talking to some of the basketball team members that they're really amazed on what he can do. And, you know, just open gym, dunking the ball. So it'll be curious to see what that chemistry looks like to build between that front court. Again, I've talked about it before, but I think Rink Mast is kind of that high IQ player. His playmaking uh, looks pretty solid for the most part. Doesn't take a whole lot of sloppy shots doesn't make a whole lot of bad fouls. He's able to stay in the game, which, you know, Derek Walker, that was occasionally could be a problem for him just because teams, they like to beat up on him, try to get him out of the game early. Uh, But it does excite me. With the front court and the back court, you know, I think we're just waiting for some shots to fall. But what to you, the 3-0, early sample size, but what do you think is a few keys for this offense to really start taking over to really kind of show uh, what a little bit of what they showed last season despite the injuries? Well, I think they're going to have to work through Rick Moss at times, kind of when you're not hitting your threes. But I mean, let's let, we we don't have to make any bones about it. This is going to be a team that's going to shoot if they shoot a lot of threes, mm-hmm. and when they shoot well, they're going to be tough to beat. And there's a lot, you know, they're coming at you from all angles. You got a lot of guys that can shoot it. Um, then they're going to have their nights where you're not going to be making your threes. And you're going to have to kind of work your way into offense. Um, again, I think you can do it traditionally, maybe like a steadying presence. Go to Rink Moss. Um, obviously, as we saw tonight. K-State Tominaga, it doesn't matter what he's shooting from the floor. You can always draw something up for him. Feel good about him <laughs> taking the three. Um, he does still. I mean, he's going to force some. They're going to make you scratch your head at times. But he's going to make some of those later mm-hmm. in the season. So keep remembering that, too. It's always, you know, kind of reminds me of the Tran Petaway good bad shot maker. <laughs> yeah. uh, where you're like, ah, oh, he shouldn't shoot that. And you're like, no, well, he should shoot that. You shouldn't shoot that. <laughs> Most of those guys out there shouldn't shoot that. But he can make that one. Um, so it, it's kind of funny. They're talking about on the broadcast, uh, which... Uh, 
Kevin Kugler and Nick Ball, you know, that's pretty Nebraskan broadcast <laughs> on BTN tonight, so appreciated that too. About his uh, pump fakes, you know, from way deep beyond the three and how people are, you have to respect, yeah. you have to kind of, you know, you can get guys off their feet uh, from NBA range out there if you're Tominaga. Yeah, it's fun to see. That's one thing about the Fred Hoiberg offense, you kind of mentioned, you know, they do a lot of just dribble handoffs. There's a green light on every handoff. Yeah, it, it is. That is one thing I'm sure teams are going to be looking at. But, man, we put a lot of pressure on the defense. If we have one of those nights where we really start to make those three-point shots, it doesn't seem to matter who it is, whether it's rink mass. Uh, Alec might not have that green light. You know, he's got yeah. <laughs> But for the most part, it doesn't seem to matter who it is. Obviously, K-State, he's going to get the green light on a little dribble step back. But, I mean, we were seeing shots from, you know, Coleman. <laughs> wait yeah. NBA range yep. off the dribble handoff. I don't know if those are exactly the shots they have in mind. We'll see if that continues, if that is a green light. Uh, but yeah, this team, I'm right with you. It's going to be predicated on that three ball. We're seeing mm-hmm. it on this the way this entire offense is flowing. It is handoff is the three-point shot there. Try to drain it if they're not going to make you pay for it. And then we'll work it inside if it's not there or if we're forced to work it inside because we're not making three-point shots. So to me, it's it's definitely seems pretty obvious what this team's going to want to do. You want to go underneath a screen, uh, you know, underneath a handoff like that, we're going to do everything in our power to pull up. And I think that's, you know, the whole reason they keep doing this dribble handoff. I think it's we got three-point shooters on the court. Uh, easy way. Keep the ball movement. And eventually, too, I would like to see a little bit more, which we haven't seen too much yet. I think they're getting into it. Uh, just some backdoors off that. Yeah. It, it looks like it's setting up for a wide-open one, especially when you got Casey on those dribble handoffs that the fly-out for him is crazy. They're going to try to stop that down. So I do think as the team chemistry builds – we won't have to predicate so much on that three-point shot, but early on, it, it's just what it looks like. It's like you t- you're going to look for that three-point shot, take it if you're making them, uh, make them pay, and then eventually they'll play in. You can start going back door. But right now, it seems pretty much what we thought of the offense was going to be going into it. Well, excellent breakdown. Though. I do, I do think there's a, you know, I think they will develop a little bit of chemistry, like mm-hmm. you're saying. You know, this is a lot of new guys, an older ball club, so I think you can hope that it kind of goes along quickly can develop that chemistry quickly uh and then obviously if case just gets going it's it opens a lot of things up and so <laughs> it will develop some chemistry and open up some offense one way or the other uh, i'm jake bachman he is harrison arts this is the hoops post game show here on 93 7 the ticket once again nebraska getting a victory over Ryder. uh let's go ahead and welcome in a man who is at the game for the 64 to 50 victory for nebraska austin orman uh austin what are your initial thoughts here yeah yeah, you are not as excited. Yeah. You're not as excited about Casey taking over Lincoln, are you? No, I'm. Well, it was nice to have him back out there. He took the first shot. We all saw that coming. Didn't go down. That place would have absolutely erupted. Um, Nebraska shoots 33 percent on the day, 28 percent from three. Um, I Nick was at the game sitting next to me, and I I leaned over and I told him at one point like this is a gut check game for Nebraska. I, I don't know how good Ryder ultimately will be. They were picked to win uh, the MAAC, not the MAC, the MAAC. MAAC. Um, <laughs> no, not the MAAC either. Not even the MAAC. The MAAC. The, MAAC. the MAAC. Uh, I think it's the Mid-American Athletic Conference. I thought it was Mid-Atlantic. Metro, Metro Atlantic. Metro Atlantic, something yeah. like that. Okay. MAAC. <laughs> Iona, St. Peter's. Uh, yep, there's Iona, St. Peter's. Yeah. Right. Docks. So, uh, an okay team. I think you have to credit Ryder for a lot of Nebraska's offensive struggles. They didn't see this sort of length or the sort of aggression in their first couple games, I think that threw off some offensive rhythm. K-State was going to get his up. I don't think he necessarily disrupted the flow, but I think he especially was hunting his, did end up with um, a a nice assist as well. I forget who it was too, but I remember it being a a really nice pass. So I think working him back into the rotation had something to do with it. Um, And the numbers look better if Nebraska hits a couple more open threes. Mm -hmm. I think they had three or four 
um, solid opportunity. So if you're at, you know, 12 of 32 or 13 of 32, not elite shooting, but right about in line with what Nebraska did the first few nights. So got to find a way to combat length and aggression and not catch the ball, you know, so far off of where you want it. And then it almost felt like Nebraska was oversharing. I think the pressure and the length got to them at some points. There were quite a few passes that teammates weren't expecting, or Nebraska took one dribble too many to draw another defender, whether that was backing a guy down or driving into an already clogged paint. So it works. You got away with it. You found a way to win. Not not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but you take care of business again. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, it's, it's interesting that you have you're not as excitable about this one, <laughs> which is fair if you were looking for offensive efficiency because this was not necessarily that night. Um, but uh, maybe it's just still loving the defense, the black shirts out there. How about that second <laughs> half shutout of the second half? Basically, it, uh, basically won the game for Nebraska. It did. I mean, they went uh, the the Bronx, not the Broncos. The Bronx went that's eight right. minutes and fifty seconds without scoring any points at all. Yeah. That's a very Nebraska-esque drought. Um, <laughs> now, Nebraska went four and a half, five, five and a half minutes without a field goal of its own at one point, but the defense was obviously active. Ryder missed some some open shots in that run, but Nebraska kept getting to the free throw line. On the night, 17 of 22, not as many attempts as the last time out against Florida A&M, um, but they didn't need to get to the line as much because the defense was, was even better, I think, tonight. Uh, more active, I think, better communication. And again, this is a very veteran group. There's not a lot of youth out there. Some guys have played more than others, obviously, but Rank Mass taking over, controlling the boards. Uh, Josiah Alec did his job. You had Jamarcus Lawrence really grown up from last year, I think, even though he didn't score tonight. He handled the game probably the best of anybody. Had a couple really nice transition pushes. Uh, Bryce Williams, again, not a huge night for him. 7.8 rebounds, generally made the right play. This was a veteran team that wasn't at its best tonight, but still found a way. And that's what Nebraska is going to have to do when you get into late January and the slog of February. You're probably not going to be at your best very often. So if you're able to to fight through the slog and still come out the other side with a win, you take it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting because I don't think this is a, a game that every Nebraska basketball team of the past and especially under Fred Hoiberg would win. I mean, I think there's mm-hmm. uh, some of these days would be hard to kind of fight through. And especially, you know, last year you kind of had the, the defense to clamp it down. So I think they might win, but um, you know, that's not, sure, that's not a sure thing for every team. And I think that's what is kind of excitable to me is um, you know, when you get wins against at least your best competition of the year, when you're not playing your best, you know, and you get a double digit win. Um, so I was pretty impressed with what Nebraska did tonight, but uh, we can continue. We'd like to get your feedback here on uh, the, the text line here for two, four, six, four, five, six, eight, five, the starter Heyman text line. Um, Eight one eight zero. So I got some sass for us tonight. He said, "Fred just said on his post game that Lawrence had the best plus minus on the team tonight, and he loved the way he controlled the offense. But I'm sure you're right. And the best shooter on the team should be moved to the one. So I think he's, <laughs> I think he's probably making fun of uh, some of our thoughts there. Yeah, on the depth. Um, but- well, okay. Here's the thing. I was surprised Casey Tominaga started tonight. I thought they're going to work him in mm-hmm. off the bench. I thought Jamarcus would have gone to the bench, and CJ Wilcher would have stayed. I think mm-hmm. he's just a really good connective piece, mm-hmm. a little bigger body." But this was a step in the right direction for Jamarcus Lawrence. Handling the point guard, handled pressure when uh, Ryder put it on pretty well. Again, even though he didn't score, he showed some nice bursts to create for others. Had a couple looks that I think go down. So I do still think you see plenty of Keisei Tomonaga at the one. But I think Jamarcus Lawrence answered some questions. I think he can handle it. One we've talked about before, Austin, how Jamarcus's game is often 
you know, how did he do shooting from the floor? He's a mm-hmm. he's a you you value his game based on points, and there and if there if he is going to be the number one, that's going to have to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's going to have to develop his game outside of of just scoring. And so you know, a night where you where you don't necessarily win, but uh, quarterback your team, I, I suppose at the at the right times. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, and he, is he a did plus. handle that pressure well. We yeah. talked about it a little bit before, but you know, this first time they really see that full court press. Uh, and we did, but yeah, I think you know, I texture a little bit. We'll, we'll see some things in the rotation yet. You know, it's still yeah. just in the air to be decided. Oh, yeah. um, and you know, that's kind of where we're going with this. It'll be curious to see how this lineup continues to develop. And you know, talk about with Lawrence. Yeah, you go over five, you can make that number a lot worse by continuing the four shots. So again, just a good kind of game management game. We could have used that a little bit on uh, Saturday there, a little bit, but nonetheless, you know, that's just kind of what we're seeing. I think with this rotation and it'll be curious to see how they figure that out but it was good to see them not coughing the ball up over when they did bring that pressure so that that should give you some hope on how they're going to handle it well and you can hear in in my analysis is that i've been watching nebraska basketball for a long time because i can keep going back to yeah and we've had teams that can't at all do what you're talking about which is bring the ball up the course even the tournament team kind of struggled if you put some pressure on them also sad that I can say the tournament team, and you guys know what I'm talking about, but the actual <laughs> the one tournament team that we've had. Uh, we'll talk about what our expectations are for this team, and as it moves forward, we'll jump into the stats. We've got lots more to come up here on the Hoops Post Game Show, brought to you by uh, Action uh, Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. I'm Jake Bachman. He's Austin Orman, and he is Harrison Arns. We'll be back after this. We're back here on the Hoops Post Game Show on 93.7. The ticket with the Husker victory, 64-50 to 50, uh, over Ryder tonight. The Bronx, kind of a cool nickname to come in with uh, for Ryder. And they are they were uh, predicted to be a pretty good team for their conference. Nebraska gets the easy win. We'll jump into the stats, and then we will uh, react to them. I'm Jake Bachman. He's Austin Orman. Uh, and uh, let's get further into breaking it down before getting into some of our longer-term thoughts on Nebraska basketball this season. Uh, field goals tonight. Nebraska 19 of 57. That's good for 33% from the floor. 9 for 32 beyond the arc. 28% uh, from three. Uh, free throws 17 of 22. Good stat on the night. Close to 77%. Rebounds, they out-rebound the Bronx uh, 47-34 to with 14 offensive rebounds to just 7 for the Bronx. 33 defensive rebounds for Nebraska to, court to just 27 from Ryder. Assists, Nebraska had 13. Ryder just 8. Nebraska 13 of uh, uh, assists on their 19 made field goals once again. Uh, steals and blocks. Nebraska did not win this battle. (laughs) Ryder had 10 steals to Nebraska's three and five blocks to not one block shot from Nebraska. Uh, However, uh, Nebraska did do a good job, uh, good enough job, 11 turnovers uh, along with Ryder there, uh, 11 turnovers as well for the Bronx, Uh, 19 fouls uh, or 18 fouls, excuse me, on um, Ryder, just nine on Nebraska. Nebraska with their largest lead of the game being 18 points. But once again, if you didn't watch the game, it was a bit sloppy offensively. Nebraska absolutely put a lock on Ryder late in the second half, basically for eight plus minutes there. Uh, nine nine minute and 20 second scoring drought to be exact uh, as Nebraska went from a 47 to 46 lead. Ryder was fighting back from a little bit of a halftime deficit to a 64 to 48 lead by the time Ryder scored again. 17-0 run there from Nebraska. Um, how much were you holding your breath at 47-46? I mean, a little bit. There was still 10 and a half minutes to go at that point. So Momentum you, was 
on the writer's side. They were getting there, but you saw them start to fold a little bit against Marquette. Um, I don't know if they, they ran out of juice, stopped getting good looks. Credit Nebraska for picking the energy back up. Whatever it was, given how Ryder finished against Marquette, you knew Nebraska wasn't going to you know, ultimately win this game by 30. This just in, Nebraska is not as good as Marquette this year <laughs> or most years. But yeah. I was waiting for that steadying presence to emerge. Ryder went on the run in the first half. Fred Hoiberg uh, looks to put C.J. Wilcher in almost as soon as he can. I was a little surprised he took Rinkmast out um, right before the U4 timeout in the second half. I thought Mast was going to finish that game. Um, but that closing lineup, I tweeted it out. It was, it was, let me think here. It's Wilcher, Hoiberg, Coleman, I think Williams and Alec hmm. was that that final lineup for Tomanaga and Alec, one of those. Worked really well. You had enough guards on the floor, enough ball handling, enough enough rebounding there. So Nebraska didn't really have any huge explosive runs. I think they had 11 nothing run or 17 nothing, I guess, there. Um, but it wasn't an explosive blink of an eye sort of run. Nebraska's really, you know, grinded Ryder down, which is what this game was going to be. The way Ryder was playing, I mean, they're the annoying guys at the Y. They're just playing 5% harder than everyone else that, that you respect, especially <laughs> yeah, as, you know, yeah. in high school, like if, if you're not going to be as skilled, you got to play harder than them. You can respect the effort from Ryder. I think Nebraska, uh, like I said, was a little surprised by it. I think they settled in a little bit. Couple that with better attention to detail during that run on defense in the second half. Continuing to get to the free throw line, make Ryder back off a little bit. You know, I never felt like Nebraska was in huge danger. Um, if anything, I was holding my breath that it was going to come down to free throws. I still don't trust this team at the free throw line, but 17 of 22 on the night, 10 of 13 in the second half, more than good enough to get the job done. Yeah, it was. It was. It, I mean, again, I think that it was just the fact that it was that close of a game with a pretty decent opponent, and then it ends up with a double uh, digit. Victory. You feel pretty good about that. We've got a caller that we can go to. Uh, Bruce from Oregon. Bruce, thanks for joining us here. Your first caller on the Who's Post Game Show this year. So congratulations. We'd love to hear from from everybody. But Bruce, how do you feel about tonight's game? Hey, man, I thought it was really good. But, um, you know, I know the three points and stuff. We weren't really uh, doing that well. I think you guys said we were sitting ten percent. But we're going to have nights like that. Um, basketball, you know, uh, obviously. Uh, you're going to have games where there's going to be a bunch of threes. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you guys, actually you both, what do you think from last year? Do you think the defense is a lot better? Maybe I just feel that way, uh, and I could be wrong. So I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, go Huskers, man, thanks. All right, thanks for the call, Bruce. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you answer first, Austin. The defense is... Probably similar in terms of results to last year. You see Nebraska bringing some really aggressive double teams in the post. I don't think they have a true full-on just rim stopper, rim protector type. Josiah can do it a little bit with athleticism. Ring's going to be there positionally. Uh, Matar Joe might not see the floor in conference play. Might be a little too far away to play consistent minutes in the Big Ten this year. I think he's your, your truer, you know, rotate over from the weak side shot blocking guy. So Nebraska didn't really have that last year either. Kata's not a big shot blocker. Derek Walker really wasn't. I think Bandamel and Gary on the perimeter are better defenders than anyone Nebraska has right now. So I think last year's perimeter defense was better. Um, but I think this group as a veteran group is going to be really good positionally. I think they do a good job of generally being in the right spot at the right time. 
You saw um, the smaller guards, which Nebraska won't face a lot of small guards in the Big Ten. So Powell and McKeithen, guys like that, jitterbugs, were so good at creating separation. They just have a little bit more of that athletic burst and that athletic pop than than Casey does. Jamarcus Lawrence, I think, has it in him. He was solid on defense. Sam Hoiberg had a little bit of it, did a pretty good job navigating matchups. But I don't think Nebraska will defend fully the same way. I think they have more length this year, so they can afford to to play passing lanes a little bit more, hang back, you know, an extra, you know, arm's length off of shooters instead of having to pressure all the way up into them. So it, it'll look similar in some ways with the aggressive post doubles. Um, but I think this team's going to have to be even better at being in gaps, not overhelping, and then communicating and, and repositioning off of switches than they were even last year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know if it has necessarily the 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 ceiling that last year's defense had at at their full strength. Remember last year you were losing guys with injuries too that mm-hmm. <laughs> depleted you, and they were they were able to step it up there too. I think that there is though something to be said once Juwan Gary returns um, with him and Josiah Alec and throw Sam Hoiberg in there. Um, that's going to be pesky, if, if nothing else, and get a lot of kind of those loose ball type of 50-50 ball type mm-hmm. of stuff. I mean, they've got some guys where if they want to um, get kind of tough and, 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 you know, just kind of arms everywhere type of defense, they they got some guys they can throw at you. If Nebraska needs a stop, let's say they've got Purdue in a tie game or Michigan State and they need to save a possession here, I think the best defensive lineup Nebraska can throw out there is Hoiberg, Wilcher, Gary, Alec, and depends on the matchup. If you need another big, I think Rink can play it positionally. Bryce Williams doesn't excite me on the defensive end, but he's a vet who will generally be in, in the right spot at the right time. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamarcus Lawrence, if you need another guard out there, I think can hang. But there's no true perimeter stopper like Emmanuel Bandamo. I think yeah. that goes a long, a long, long way. Josiah Alex's versatility, I think, is even better than Derek Walker's. Walker wasn't you know, a sieve on the perimeter last year, but you can see, too, the difference in style. Nebraska went with one big um, for pretty long stretches tonight. Sometimes it was Rink Mass, sometimes it was Josiah Alec, and they play those minutes differently. Rink Mass is playing a lot of drop coverage, letting teams take that mid-range uh, shot more often than not. Josiah Alec is going to blitz guys. He's able to switch a little bit more on the perimeter, um, have have active hands, active feet, and maybe make something happen. So depending on the matchup, maybe you play both those guys. I think just one of them, though, is more than good enough, especially if you have both Williams and Gary on the floor to use their length and to use their rebounding to help cover up anything on the on the boards. Yeah, and you mentioned it too with with Bryce Williams. Not a, again, he only shot six shots tonight, which I thought was kind of interesting. Kind of played within the offense when it was there for him. Um, didn't have a particularly great night. Just one of six again from the floor, but eight rebounds, three assists, um, seven total points. Um, but it, it's weird because it wasn't a great game, but I was almost more impressed with him today than I was with his first couple of games just because he seemed to fit into the, the system a little bit more tonight. Again, not a great offensive night for anybody. So a lot of it is, you know, if you're getting open looks mm-hmm. and they were missing, you know, a lot of open looks, you want to knock those down. But I have faith that this team and on, on certain nights will. Um, and I think that there, you know, there's going to be nights where they just shoot the the lights off the ball, and it's going to be hard to keep up with them as far as points. That's not going to be, you know, every game. I don't believe, or it's not mm-hmm. going to be more often than not. Um, but I think that you know, it, it's good to kind of fight through one of these nights where not everything is falling, and their offense is still saying, "Well, we're still going to shoot it." <laughs> right. I don't think Nebraska took many bad shots yeah. from three. Again, Casey took eleven of them, hit three. I'm not worried about him. It's his first game back in a while. 
you got to hit the spot up opportunities, though. Um, Bryce Williams, one of three. Jamarcus Lawrence missed his two. Um, Sam Hoiberg hit his first one. I didn't love the the next couple that he took. I thought there was another play to be made after that. But if he's got the green light, he's got the green light. CJ Wilcher, three of five, absolutely did his job. Rank mass won't go 0-4 most nights. I yeah. don't think, even if he hits, you know, one of them, I think yeah. those numbers, you know, obviously look better because you add some points, but just what that, what that does for a team to be able to draw the big man out away. I think that would go a long way. But yeah, Bryce Williams, as you mentioned, seven points, eight rebounds, three assists. Didn't feel like he played, you know, his best game of his career, but he was he was helpful. He was a helpful piece. Rank mass. I mean, leads the way with a double-double, has 12 and 13. 11 of those rebounds on defense, has a couple assists, doesn't commit any fouls, had a couple nice rebounds in traffic as well. Even a guy like Josiah Alec, who ends up with, with 10 points and six rebounds, um, does commit three turnovers, but four of six at the free throw line, a lot of energy. Again, these are just veteran guys that know how to play winning basketball. These are guys that are going to help you gut through January and February, and even nights like this when you, you start implementing a key piece of your team back into the lineup. He's not at his best. You guys, you, The rest of your guys are still trying to figure out how to play together and with a guy like Casey Tomanaga. So those three veterans, even if you know it wasn't the flashiest game, they did what they were brought to Nebraska to do. Uh, interesting text off the text slide, which we'll send it to break and kind of think about during the commercial break. Uh, 4179 text in, great non-con team. Alec and Mass will be non-factors in Big Ten. Enjoy it while you can, fans. So we'll kind of think on that, and uh, we'll be right back with the Hoops Postgame Show here on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, once again, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. Uh, stay tuned for more Husker Hoops talk here on 93.7 The Ticket. You're listening to the Hoops Post Game Show here on 93.7 The Ticket. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Austin Orman. And throughout the year, we'll bring in Eric Strick, the former Husker, uh, longtime NBA vet. Uh, we'll jump on, but uh, we're, we're going to wait and make his debut. Um, it's kind of like when you know when, the, when there's a bigger game. I think he might even do uh, Oregon Yeah, State. he's cherry-picking. He is yeah. absolutely oh, he cherry-picking, oh, which, yeah. okay, he's Eric Strickland. Maybe he's earned the right to do that. But come on, Stricky. You don't like us? Come on. He wants the, he wants the big big game feel for when Eric Strickland walks Man. in the booth. I kind of like it. And plus, he's been busy calling the games uh, up until tonight. He's I'm got another one about it tomorrow. All right, you go ahead. You go after him. I'll stay on his good side. Good cop, <laughs> bad cop. But we'll get Strickland in here on some of the post-game shows. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, as we went to break, we're kind of thinking long-term here because we had a text in on the Sardar Heyman text line. Six eight, or excuse me, four one seven nine. Text in great non-con team. Alec and Mass will be non-factors in Big Ten. Enjoy it while you can, fans. Um, I think their height, uh, obviously, that they can rotate. We will also see another big man get into the action. Nebraska did have Tamanaga come back, uh, but you're still without uh, Ramel Lloyd uh, and and Juwan Gary and and Blaze Keita. Obviously, the big man. I don't think we've talked about that before. I don't think he's necessarily. He's probably the third among the big men, but that'll yeah. help with a little bit of of depth there too. Um, so I like the fact that they can at least throw bodies. I mean, there's going to be some Big Ten teams that outmatch you, um, even with this lineup there. I mean, it's bound to happen. The Big Ten's the land of giants, and these guys are good. I'm not necessarily calling them, you know, for especially. I think Mass can be a leader on this team, but I don't know about. Mm-hmm the best center in the league or anything like that. Well, that's a tough one. <laughs> tough yeah, one to get in this right. league. Yeah, especially this Edie, year. Edie in there, but um I overall, what are your thoughts? Are we are we getting a little bit too ahead of ourselves with the three nothing three oh start for Nebraska? 
um, getting excited, or do you think uh, you think this is just a non-con team? Well, reading back through forty-one seventy-nine's text, I, I I sense a jaded Husker fan. Ah, I, I really do. And so fair enough, <laughs> it is. You know, I can't 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 knock the texter for that. I I think I understand where where they're coming from here. I would ask I would ask it this way: Is what Josiah Alec doing unsustainable? Is what Rink Mass is doing unsustainable? I would like Rink Mass to be more efficient, but the way he's hunting rebounds, the way he's functioning as a hub for Nebraska um, at all three levels, in the low post, at the elbow, and even from the three-point line, and Nebraska's going to use him that way. He gives them a back-to-the-basket element, and, and think through it in matchups as well. Um, I really like Josiah Alec as a matchup for Coleman Hawkins. A little taller, but Josiah Alec can guard him on the perimeter where Hawkins is good. Um, if you think of Rink Mass as a matchup for Zach Eady, obviously you're giving up height to a guy like Zach Eady. Mass will compete his butt off, and on offense, we'll see how Purdue plays it. I don't think they can just stick Zach Eady under the rim against Rink Mass. I think he'll have to come out and guard him, at least to the elbow, and even getting Eady to the elbow as, as long and tall as he is, I don't know if his recovery speed's the best. If his processing takes a step forward, maybe he can still be a factor at the rim, but I think if you draw him out to the free throw line extended, Nebraska has the chance to get some backups against Purdue. Um, Sissoko from Michigan State, curious to see how Nebraska handles him. Same with, you know, an Amori type of guy up at Rutgers. Northwestern's bigs don't scare me. Wait and see on Michigan. I really like how this front court matches up against Crowell and Wall up at Wisconsin. So, no, they're not going to be stars. I don't think they're going to be in all Big Ten contention. I think both of those guys will threaten the double-double every night. They'll give you eight and five against these Big Ten front courts, which puts the onus on Nebraska's guards. The posts just have to be workmanlike. I, I don't know if Rinkmaster Josiah Alec will win Nebraska many games on offense. I think their competitive nature and their ability to just make the next right play will keep things humming on the offensive end, but offensively, it's going to come down to guards. I have more concerns about how Nebraska matches up with Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard. I have more concerns about Boo Booey. I have more concerns about Jamison Battle than I do Nebraska's post, right? Yeah, there might be bigger start. Kellel Ware, even at, at Indiana. Malik Renault to some degree. I think Nebraska's post will, will hold their own. They won't be completely outmatched. The guards, though, I think there's going to be a big onus on them. Nebraska's got options. you got to find the right ones on the right days. But these posts are doing their job, what they're supposed to do. It, it feels sustainable to me. So if they can just keep up this level of production, wait for the shooting to come along from the guards, that to me is Nebraska's recipe. What do you think about the, the scheduling that they've done? Um, basically, this year, last year was a gauntlet at times uh, and just uh, difficult game after difficult game. And it really molded the team to be that kind of you know fight for every battle type of defensive team that we mm -hmm. saw. And I think it helped them in the long run. But I think, you know, this year they kind of went with a different approach. Soft start, expecting to win all these games going into Creighton um, and just kind of pile up wins, which can, you know, for a team that you is is veteran, that, that you know, you really need a big year. It's no, long, it's no longer, well, I hope, or this or that. Like, Hoiberg needs a team that can kind of, needs to add up some wins, needs mm -hmm. to make some fight for some postseason run. Um, what do you think of just, it's just kind of the soft schedule they put themselves up within the non-con this year? It's soft enough, but challenging enough. Again, you get your preseason pick to win the MAAC in Ryder, rated in the you know mid-230s in Ken Palm, but you could have scheduled the bottom of that conference. You bring Ryder in. Okay, not the biggest test, but 
a team that's picked to win its conference is a team that's picked to win its conference. We see those teams upset bigger dogs than Nebraska in March all the time. You know, once or twice a year, we see stuff like that. Um, Need to do more research on Stony Brook before Wednesday, but Duquesne won a postseason tournament last year. That's going to be a solid test for Nebraska. They'll have to handle Oregon State. Isn't great, but it's your first Power 5 game. So I'm interested to see how they handle that. Then you get into really a defining stretch for, for this team. Cal State Fullerton, interesting out of the Big West. Getting Creighton at home is really big. Weren't supposed to beat him last year. It would be an upset if Nebraska does it again this year. Um, but you're at home. Never say never. Go to Minnesota to open conference play. Welcome Michigan State in. Then go to Kansas State. I was telling you during the break, I don't think this Nebraska team has a four-game losing streak in it just because of how veteran they are. We see Nebraska let season snowball and snowball and just not be able to find a way to get off the schneid. I think there's enough guttiness, enough pieces on this team that Nebraska might lose a couple in a row, might get to three. Four is kind of danger zone. That's where you start teetering, you start wobbling. Um, I don't think this team lets it get to four. I don't think there's a four-game losing streak on the schedule, barring injury, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I, that would be huge for a Nebraska team, like like I was saying, that needs to make a run this year. Um, as you said during the break, I don't know if you just said it there, but those three to four game losing streaks can uh, mount up to seven or eight pretty quickly for Nebraska in the past. Uh, but uh, for tonight, they get the win, 64 to 50 over Ryder. Once again, C.J. Wilcher leading the team, 13 points on the night. Third game now with a different leading score. Uh, so that'll be kind of interesting to track as well. Rake Moss with 12 and 13, another, another double-double. And Nebraska again improves to 3-0. and So we got wait for Stony Brook. It's a quick turnaround. Uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, is when the tip-off. So we'll be back for another Who's Post game show on Wednesday. Austin, thanks for joining me again. Of course. We'll do it again soon. All right. And thanks also to Harrison for jumping in in the first segment. That'll wrap it up for our local programming. So jump back on with us at 6 o'clock in the morning, bright and early for early break. Uh, but uh, we've had a great day with you. We'll have another great one with you tomorrow.